Wowza, it feels so good to finally have a theme tune. Thanks to Scarecrow Boat uh, for letting me use their song, which is called Woes. As soon as I heard that chorus, uh, when that track was released last month, I was like, that's it. That's that's the theme tune. That's my entrance music. So, yeah, shout out Scarecrow Boat for uh, for letting me use it. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to Bitchin' Brew. I'm your host, Danny Randon. If this is your first time tuning in, and I anticipate there's a few first-time listeners today, uh, this is a podcast about music, life, and everything in between, where I sit down with musicians or people who work in the music industry, and we chat about whatever we want to chat about over a hot beverage uh, or a cold one, for that matter. I know I was drinking uh, Red Stripe mixed with lemon San Pellegrino in the last episode, but it was a hot day, and at the risk of sounding too Alan Partridge, uh, mixing those two together does make a lovely shandy. Um, This is episode number 23, and boy, boy, oh boy, I thought this was a podcast that would never happen, not even in my wildest dreams. Um, My guests on this episode are the band Ash, and if you follow Bitch and Brew on social media, or if you listen to the last episode, or indeed if you know me in real life, you might know that Ash are my favourite band of all time. It's it's pretty much between them and ACDC. I've loved them since I was about six years old. It all like started because my mum, uh, who is also a huge Ash fan, and I know is listening, hi mum, uh, put their album 1977 on in the CD player of a Ford Escort, and I heard those TIE fighters come roaring in on the intro to lose control, and I was like, what is this? Um... I've never looked back. I've seen the band uh, countless times. I've met them too a good few times. So when it came to recording this, I was still I was still very nervous, but at least they knew who I was to some extent, so that was really cool. I'm not going to go on too much about how much I love Ash in this intro because I could go on for days and let's face it, that's not the reason you came here. But when I announced that they were going to be on here, um I really was blown away by how oh, so many people messaged me telling how me how much they were looking forward to it and how much they loved Ash. And I think they're definitely one of the UK's most underrated bands. When you look at their trajectory, especially when they blew up in the Britpop era and they were alongside bands like Oasis and Blur, um, I think they're very underrated and very underestimated. Um, They've been going now for 26 years and it was actually last week that they uh, celebrated 26 years to the day since their first rehearsal and they've they've barely taken a break since it's crazy um anyway this episode is one of many which i recently recorded backstage at teddy rocks festival in dorset which ash headlined the sunday night of back in may i got to sit down with all three members of the band uh, singer and guitarist tim wheeler uh, bassist mark hamilton or darth mark hamilton i should say and uh, drummer rick mcmurray uh, this podcast will be shorter than the usual time in which they run. I was offered 20 minutes with the band, um, and although I tried to get some extra time, the band were on a pretty tight schedule before they went on that night, and let's face it, if you get the opportunity to have your favourite band on your podcast, on your little DIY punk Grebo podcast, you'll take any time that you can get with them. So, uh, you know, I really appreciated that I could even get just a moment to sit down with them, let alone to record it for for Bitch and Brew. Um 
And, you know, that said, we do cover a lot in that 20 minutes. There's some uh, talk about the band's new album, Islands, uh, which came out a couple of weeks after we recorded this podcast. Uh, it's a sensational album, really. I'm, I may go so far as to say it's my favourite full album, uh, like a full body of work of theirs since uh, since Meltdown, which came out, uh, believe it or not, I think as long as like 15 years ago. It's probably 15 years ago next year. Um, so that's crazy. It's a great album, though, um, Islands. And we also chat about uh, the early days of the band and some of the mad crazy cool stuff that they got to do um when they were still teenagers in one of the biggest bands in the UK um and beyond at the time uh, we share a love for star wars so there's some chat about that as well some chat about uh the uh han solo movie which i've 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 since seen and i can tell you it's very very good indeed uh but there is a little uh pre solo release chat about that um there's talk on the prolific a to z era of the band and how they decided to deviate from the uh i suppose the standard industry practices uh, for a little while and I even get to grill Rick on the time that I gave him uh, a CD of me playing the drums to Goldfinger for my music GCSE performance exam uh, and how I gave a CD to him at a um, at an Ash concert back in 2010 and tried to give him a run for his money. Um, it's a really fun episode to record to record, and even to listen back to. And um, I should mention that at the end of it, I am bringing you the exclusive premiere of a track by another awesome Northern Irish band. They are called American Guinea Pig, and I'll tell you a little bit more about them later on when I play their new track, which is called Pink Lady. Uh, in the meantime, I'll give you a couple of minutes to get comfy, maybe even stick the kettle on yourselves, and you can hear my awesome chat with Ash right after I play the first single from their latest album, Islands. This one is a proper, summery, fuzzed-up rock anthem. I love it to bits, and it's called Buzzkill. Uh, stay tuned to Bitch and Brew for my chat with Ash.
I suppose a good place to start would be asking, Rick, did you feel intimidated when a few years ago I gave you a CD of me playing drums to Goldfinger for my GCSEs? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you, you kind of got it nailed there, so, you know, if, 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 you know, if there's any emergencies around this well, area. Well, I actually got to say, Rick's drumming has actually got a lot better in the last couple of years. Yeah. Was it, um, is it the cow hat? Do you reckon that? Uh, it could be the cow. Or I think you scared him. Yeah, I've definitely managed up my game since then. But yeah, tragically the uh, the hat got shrunk in the wash. Have, have you ever had that where someone's gone, oh, can I play a song during your gig or something, and you've had to go, it's a bit much. Um, you have to say that there, often. Yeah, there's it there's got there's shrunk in the wash. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's a few times a few people, but. Not really done during a gig, but um, I had um, our, our good friend Hardy, who uh, used to uh, write for some some publications over here. He's he's got up and played and soundcheck and stuff. I was kind of I was kind of actually cool. he fully replaced you once at a gig, but it was oh. his own wedding. Was, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he was loud, but yeah, he, it was a short set. Yeah, <laughs> just the greatest. But I have set. been I've been replaced as well by probably one of my favorite drummers of all time, which is Alan Lynn. When uh, uh, I was off on paternity leave, and that was a—I was actually kind of daunting coming back after he played. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think you could have a whole A to Z tour where one member is missing? Do you think the A to Z tour could happen again, or was that like a one-off? We're never doing this again, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't. It was quite. A, I think our agent would not agree to book that tour again because I think it was quite a nightmare for him finding town, yeah. you know, venues in these towns and. Um, yeah, doing a fully alphabetical tour was pretty crazy, I think but if we were I ever, enjoyed it. Yeah, if we were ever going to do it, we'd probably have to do the exact same tour again. Yeah, it was oh, one, yeah, of, yeah. one of the most fun tours right. ever, actually. Well, the anniversary's like, coming up You next probably year. couldn't find another Z. Yeah. Was it, where was it in the end? Zenner. Zenna in, in Cornwall. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was a special gig, though. It was worth yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the hardest one was X. There's nowhere in the country that begins with X. So you did Exmouth or Exeter? Exmouth. Exmouth. I guess that would be more yeah. unpredictable, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do Zena doing a UK tour. Absolutely. A UK tour of Zena. There's bound to be some nightclub called Xanadu somewhere. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We could try to do, do that. We could have played in our agent's office, actually. They're called the X-Ray. It's true. Yeah. Shit, that would have been great. That would be a very exclusive show. You yeah. could play in a xylophone shop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Well, here you go, Rick. Here's your... Excellent. My bitchin' peppermint tea. Your bitchin' peppermint tea. It's a very cool bitchin' mug. Oh, yeah, thank you very it. much. I've only made one so far, but um, <laughs> <laughs> for uh, for promotional purposes. But I'm thinking of doing merchandise for them. I think so, you know what? That is a big cup. Oh, do you want a smaller one? No, no, do you want no. no, no I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. But it's, uh, <laughs> I think it was dress. Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty impressive. Oh well, thank you. Look very at much. the girth in that. <laughs> I've never heard someone. There's no, one ever, no one ever mentioned the girth of your cup. The, <laughs> your mug. It's, uh, it's pretty wide. The girth of your cup. That is, uh, the that name, is a the terrifying name of my project. <laughs> um, so, Tim. Are you sure it's not a Wonder Stuff song? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> Tim, Mark, Rick, welcome to Bitch and Brew Podcast. Great to be here. Um, and uh, you're headlining Teddy Rocks Festival tonight. Your album's out in a week, less than a week now. Or just over a week, I think. Is or it just over? The 18th? 18th? I mean, it's so out it now. Oh yeah, okay, so it is out. Right. Go, go and buy it. Okay. Um, <laughs> obviously, there was a, a time a little while ago where it seemed like Ash wasn't going to make another album in terms of like in album form. 
yeah. when you did the A to Z series, it was kind of like, this is how we're doing music from now on. And uh, yeah. Was it easier going back into the studio this time to record a full body of work now that you've had Kablamo since, obviously? Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of, there was a lot of pressure on Kablamo, I think, because we said we'd never do another album again. So yeah. to go back and make another album, I had to, you know, we're like, oh, damn, this really has to be really killer. And also just trying to remember how to put an album album together you know it's all it's tricky but uh this one was a bit like a bit less pressure because we're like god oh, i was you know we're really happy with how kablama came out so yeah this one we're like yeah uh, we kinda, I think we, on from there we sort of braced ourselves like sort of mentally for a bit of a backlash for for going back and saying we're not going to do albums but it turns out like did no you, one really no 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 people asked us about it but no one was like i think all the fans were like happy we yeah. did another album <laughs> a lot of people just assumed that when you say that you're not going to make any more albums, that, that means that the band's going to split up or something. Yeah. That's what I thought at first. Turns out it's yeah. easier for a band to do a U-turn than a politician in. So, yeah. <laughs> um, something we learned. So, Mark, when you, uh, it was a couple of years ago, it was the uh, 1977 anniversary shows at the Roundhouse a couple of years ago, and I think you were quite inebriated when you told me that you've got lots of Blue Album Weezer vibes on the album a couple yeah there's a couple on, on islands I think Annabelle I think there's definitely like a Annab- Annabelle Annabelle sure. sounds yeah. a little bit like that and there's another song on there which might might turn out to be another single which definitely has a little bit of like Weezer Weezer vibe to it it's the go-to album for the summer though isn't it the blue album yeah yeah. we were talking about it earlier but I guess we had on the podcast it's got a, um, a Weezer covers band called Sweezer 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 <laughs> and, they, and they bring it out for acoustic sets and they were like, oh, we could oh, yeah. just do Blue Album in full at the festivals this summer. Good idea. I think that's, you can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, recently I got the um, I got the cassette of 1977 because oh, wow. I got my first car. Yeah. And it had a tape player. It has a tape player. Fantastic. So I managed to find 1977 and Oh Yeah and Goldfinger, oh, the yeah. singles on yeah. cassette. Wow. But I was quite surprised when I stuck on 1977 on cassette and it was Gone the Dream. At the end of Gone the Dream, there were like three tracks in the middle of the album which I had never heard before. Because I was expecting what? Gone the Dream going into Kung Fu. Really? Yeah. And there was like one song which had a bit of. It's not on the track list in either. So there's oh. one song that has element, uh, like it samples New York, New York. Oh, yeah, I Need riff. Somebody. Yeah. Uh, that's, the that on the, that's on the album. That's, that's on the cassette. When you on the A side, on the end of the A side. Shit, I didn't know yeah. that. I can't remember that. Um, that is, I don't it was, like. <laughs> I think if that was in every cassette, we probably would have heard this before. But that's definitely the first time I've ever heard. Maybe I've got like a box cassette. Yeah, or something. Got, well, they yeah. might have done it. They might have done it, and we just never. Oh man, pretty sure like we, we never, even never would have checked the cassettes. Yeah. Yeah. I doubt, but that's kind of cool. And it's yeah. not on the track listing. And, it's definitely like is it definitely a UK edition? Then it's not not some. Well, I've got to check this now because it could yeah. be a Japanese edition, I suppose. Yeah, it could be some special. When when was the last time you guys went out to Japan? Because those yeah. in the 1977 days, obviously, yeah, going out to Japan a lot. Yeah, ha- did what, some cool what, editions. What, yeah, yeah, what what were those what were those days of touring Japan like? Because I've heard uh, yeah. touring Japan is crazy. Yeah. Well, it was a big culture shock for us because we were just 18 and had really hardly left Northern Ireland, so never been anywhere like Asia, so that was just yeah. felt like really different. The food was so different, the just the whole everything. Yeah, the, the way we do gigs, like you're on really early and you don't have a support band, and 
Um, also, you go for dinner after the gig <laughs> instead like, of every way around. There's no like even if you go if you travel around Europe, there's still like the same alphabet. But over there, everything's I mean, there's yeah. symbols for like. It just didn't seem to be much any. English anywhere. Like I think it's yeah. got a bit changed a bit. You know, maybe it felt like it was the closest to like going to like a different planet. Yeah, yeah while well, like still staying in the same runner. planets, but uh, but now we've been so think, many times. Yeah, yeah we've been I mean, like twenty four times or I something. I think for the last probably twenty years of going there, we've kind of stayed in the same hotel as well. So it almost yeah. feels like like going home. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're pretty comfortable. In a slightly yeah. trippy way, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like right hopefully there, not yeah. in a bad trippy way. Not, not <laughs> no, 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 not like The Shining. No, no, yeah. <laughs> You've I, always I, been there. I think Rick would actually like to live in the house with shining. Um, the Shandahut Overlook oh, Hotel um, carpets. Mike, Mike, yeah, I love that carpet actually. It yeah. Was, it was in the cinema the other day when we went. Yeah. I went to go see The Shining in the cinema on Halloween. They put oh, it back awesome. on the big screen. It's amazing how much scarier that film is now. Oh, on a big screen. In the cinema. Oh, and like, yeah. with a big sound system with the music, you know, yeah. the, the swelling violins the whole time. Yeah. I think it's still one of the scariest films ever made. Yeah. Spe- spe- I think I've watched it too much on the on the small screen. Yeah, I, I need to get that experience. <laughs> yeah. spe- speaking of uh, speaking of films, how excited slash terrified are you all for Solo? I kind of was a little bit apprehensive to start with because I kind of thought, is anyone going to be able? To, no one's going to be able to fill out Harrison Ford's shoes. And then the first few teaser trailers didn't really show much. I I wasn't very excited about. But then the last trailer which came out a few weeks ago, it, it started to make me feel like actually it, could be, it might end up being really good. So, I mean, Ron Howard should do a good job. And I mean, Ron Howard's an amazing director. So Didn't he come in to kind of save it? Yeah, because there so, were two directors yeah. and they got sacked because they essentially made it a comedy. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. I get it. Star easily, Wars has easily done behind Solo. Star Wars has always had this. When, when Force Awakens came out, it was funny, but like yeah. the right amount of funny. Yeah. Yeah, they always have a little bit of comedy in there, but yeah, they must have. But yeah, I hope Princess it's still good. Princess Leia get blasted out of the, the, the command ship. That was comedy. Yeah. <laughs> For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I love what they did in uh, in Rogue One with the um, uh, with recreating Peter Cushing and Carrie Fisher for that. I yeah, thought that was done it was, so well. It, yeah, it's done as well oh, as possible. It's still yeah. like something just like yeah, a little not, yeah. unsettling about it, but it's, yeah, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was good, for sure, yeah. I've I realised that in all the time that, you know, I've spoken to you guys backstage at shows, or, you know, I've only ever interviewed you once, Rick, and that was for my dissertation wow. <laughs> about the music industry and illegal downloading. I've realised I've never interviewed you guys before, and I've never had the opportunity to ask you about the time that you accidentally headlined Glastonbury. Yeah. That was crazy. Tell me a little bit more about that well, because I it was I, here. I'd like um, to know that personal interest, I suppose. I guess whoever, maybe a couple of days before, everyone was like, "Oh, this is going to be pretty bad weather, weather down there." So I remember we all like got our gear, like our we were playing in Falmouth. We all went and bought like wellies and stuff. We were like yeah. pre- we were there preparing for it the day before, but no one was quite ready for how quite how bad it was. So. Yeah. Um, so we headlined the second stage. The other, yeah, the other stage in the Friday. When we got there, there was no bands going on. I remember seeing like Kanicki like yeah. falling around in the mud and all over like posh dresses and stuff. Yeah, and uh, we were it was kind of touch and go whether whether we would play actually play that night or not on the Friday. That's right. Yeah. But I think it was like sort of three bands from 
from the headlines slot they started putting bands on at that point so it was and the then, stage had stopped sinking into the mud yeah. and then the next day they just cancelled that stage for the whole weekend didn't they because I, I think, think so, it started yeah. sinking the second stage started sinking so badly in the mud yeah and then um, it's kind of so, like Monty Python, the Holy yeah. Grail, the Swamp Castle. And we stayed <laughs> yeah. And we stayed on we site. We got a third stage, that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. We stayed on site the whole time on our bus, so we, we were just, because we planned to stay and have a good time anyway, so we were parked up. And uh, then Saturday night, I remember we all like went and watched Radiohead do that great gig, and we got back to our bus, and they were like, would you guys please headline tomorrow night because Steve Winwood and Paul Weller can't get on site tomorrow they were just like they cancelled so um, so yeah they, they booked us to headline the, se- the second stage the, the main stage on the Sunday <laughs> and we were all we were completely wrecked you know we yeah, were in the we best were shape w- wasted on yeah. the, when we found out so we had to like sober up and um, quite a bit of pressure but we kind of had to celebrate the fact yeah. that we were headlining both stages <laughs> yeah. in Glastonbury yeah so we're the only we bands who's ever headlined the main stage and the second stage in Glastonbury in one year <laughs> yeah. I, I bet most, at the age of 19 like, or whatever mo- we most bands are like in 10 years time yeah. we'll, we'll headline Glastonbury yeah. you're there like done it yeah, ready been, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now Tim Mark you both still live in New York right? yeah and Rick you live in Edinburgh yeah is that it how does that work with the you know being an ocean away from each other with things like band practices or, or band management in general it's Suddenly everyone looks at me. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you live in New York? <laughs> Just why, why, Rick? Why don't you no, live? It, it, so it, selfish. It works. Uh, it works pretty well. I gotta say, I think we kind of um, it kind of plays to our strengths. I kind of like getting in, sort of working and working and stuff in an intense burst. Where is Tim sort of like in there, sort of fine details and meticulously sort of sculpting, sculpting things. So it's kind of balances balances itself out but you, you, know. you just sculpt your stuff really quickly yeah <laughs> yeah I bash it together <laughs> oh yeah but we, we actually haven't lived in the same city as Rick for since 1995 or something yeah like me and Mark moved to London he stayed in Belfast and then, oh and wow it, That's yeah right. <laughs> eventually whenever we, me and Mark left London Rick moved to London that's great. We so, think it's personal. Rick, why are you just making <laughs> things difficult? Yeah. <laughs> how, how, long have, how long have you both lived in New York? Um, 12 years, I think, or 13. So coming up 13. Oh, did you like both move out there around yeah, the same time? Yeah, around the same time, yeah. Yeah, wow. 2005, so it's coming up to... You never told me. We did. I was like, why don't you come to move, live in New York? It would be awesome. After you moved there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we don't, we don't have a spare room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, he does have a spare room. Yeah. He, Rick stays with me. What what uh, what's living in New York like for uh, on a on a sort of creative level? Do you uh, find it's quite good. a creatively yeah. inspiring place? Definitely, yeah. I used to go there for creative inspiration. You know, when I didn't live there, I used to like get you know right. feel very invigorated when I went there for trips. We always like buzzed off a place. It's just got amazing energy and mm. very a lot of interesting people there. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of I guess it's what. It's all the best stuff about America in one city, you know, also with like a bunch of the best stuff about Europe, you know, it's very, mm. it's a quite European city for America. Yeah. The, the most European style yeah. city in America, probably. I, I must admit, I haven't seen outside of Manhattan, or I think yeah. I went to Queens yeah. once Yeah. to go to like a, a film museum out there. It was literally a college trip. Yeah, brilliant. But uh, incredible place, yeah. and I'd love to go back. Yeah. Um, now, 
before uh, before we wrap this up, um, obviously you hear headlining Teddy Rocks today. It's a wonderful cause, raising money for uh, children's cancer charities. Um, and on the bill, we've seen loads of great young British bands. Oh, and I certainly feel like at the moment, the British rock scene, or the Brit rock scene, I suppose you could call it again, yeah. is the strongest it's been since the mid to late 90s when you had the likes of you, yeah. the Wild Hearts, Reef, Terrorvision, yeah. you know, oh, that, that wave of Brit rock. Yeah. So how does it feel to still be part of that scene and kind of passing the torch now to the younger bands from that scene? Oh, yeah, it feels good, you know, it's, it's great that rock is having a resurgence and yeah, I guess it's like, it's been such a great rock country, you know, for, you know, over here for years, so um, yeah, I don't know. It's cool. Like we, in, in a way, like we don't feel too much older statesmen because we kind of feel like we're still working on fresh stuff all yeah. the time. Still you know, doing the yeah. annual tours, yeah. you know. And yeah, I, I, I'm just always shocked by how much time has kind of gone by since we started. Like it's, we're speaking today on the 22nd anniversary of 1977 coming out our debut album, and that's just mad. So, it must be coming up to the 20th of Nuclear Sounds now as oh well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in October or something like yeah. that, I'm oh, guessing. Oh, wow, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. That's cool. About yeah. to do something. It's really good. We always try, every time we go out and tour, we try to, like, um, take, you know, young bands out with us and mm. to sort of, like, or, you know, keep us on our toes as well. Um, like, Recently, had we do with the Asylums, who were fantastic because you know they really, oh yeah, they, they were. really put on yeah. put on a show, and then that means you know can't we can't get like too um, complacent <laughs> or uh, you know it's nice to have that. Yeah, absolutely, and Black Honey as well. Yeah, yeah. Black Honey, yeah. 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 yeah, they're doing great. Yeah, oh, yeah. they're doing fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. It's very cool to see. So it's uh, yeah, step up or yeah. uh, step aside. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Misery, drowning in these tears, drifting on the sea. 
can't believe that actually happened thank you so much to tim mark and rick from ash uh for getting on board with bitch and brew and for always just being the kindest souls in general i think i first met them at one of their gigs in 2009 in tunbridge wells um and ever since they've just treated me as an equal like an old friend and i i really appreciate that from them um ash have a new album it's out now it's called islands and it's available through Infectious Music. I'll leave a link to the band's online store in the description. You can get the album on CD, on cassette, on vinyl. There's a uh, both a standard black pressing and a really cool looking uh, metallic silver pressing too, which I'm going to have to get my hands on because it's limited. Um, there's a bunch of cool merch as well, including t-shirts and signed lyric sheets. Um, otherwise it's on all the usual digital platforms so go and give it a blast because it really is a fantastic album from a really fantastic band um ash are also heading out on a massive uk tour at the end of the year uh they're starting off with some intimate dates in august actually i should mention first uh if you're in uh if you're listening in the republic of ireland they are playing Listowel Town Square in Kerry uh, on August 11th. Uh, then they're heading over here. They're playing Hebden Bridge at the Trades Club on August 13th. And then they're going to be at Bedford at Esquires on August 14th. Um, oh, and then they're going to be back at the Tunbridge Wells Forum where I saw them in 2009 on August 15th. Great venue there. So if you are... In that area, then I encourage you to go down. They're doing a bunch of dates in uh, the US as well. New York, uh, Austin, Massachusetts, Toronto, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco. Uh, but they're back over in the UK in October, uh, where they'll be playing the following dates at the following places. October 16th, they're going to be at the Lead Mill in Sheffield. Uh, October 17th, they'll be at the O2 ABC in Glasgow. Um, or, well, I saw the awful thing 
in the news the other day about the O2 ABC. So that gig might be rescheduled or moved to a different venue. I don't know. I'm just reading from a list at the moment. But uh, it's awful to hear about what happened at the uh, at the O2 ABC the other day. And I hope they're able to. Um, I hope they're able to recover from it. Um, anyway, October nineteenth, uh, they're in Bristol at the SWX. October twentieth, they're at the O2 Institute in Birmingham. Uh, October twenty-first, they're at the Waterfront in Norwich. Uh, October 23rd, they're back up in Manchester at the O2 Ritz. And then October 24th, they'll be at the O2 Kentish Town Forum, uh, where I believe I once saw them play Free All Angels in its entirety. So I think I may have to head up to the Big Smoke to go and see Ash play again. Um, so, yeah, make sure you get out to one of those dates. And if this is your first time listening to Bitch and Brew, then I thank you very much, and every ounce of your support is appreciated. Yeah, is a yeah is appreciated. Sorry, it's late. Um, um. I'm half awake at the moment and and sort of dazed and and still stunned that this happened. But if you like what you heard, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe on SoundCloud and Acast as well. There's a link in the description to do so. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then why not go the extra mile and ping me a positive review? It really does help DIY podcasts like Bitch and Brew out and uh, share it with your friends on social media. Go and follow us. Again, all the links in the description. Go and follow me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of that and uh, just get in touch let me know uh, let me know what you thought of the podcast and uh, let me know what you'd like to hear from me in the future I'd also urge you to subscribe because we've got a bunch of great new episodes out in the next few weeks and we've got a bunch of great episodes already released uh, just recently I've done podcasts with the likes of Murray from the excerpts uh, Jamie Lemon uh, had Mark from Black Foxes on recently um Lucinda from Kamikaze Girls came on board and if you go back a little bit further there's episodes featuring bands like Milk Teeth and Muncie Girls a whole host of great bands really I really genuinely hope that this episode has convinced you to be my friend for just a little bit longer um I'm doing more podcasts than usual at the moment because it's festival season and there's loads for me to be putting out so check back in next week for Bitch and Brew episode number 24 which is going to be a little bit different from the usual format it's going to be a big old bumper preview of the brilliant 2000 trees festival which is happening next month and for that i'll be joined by music journalism extraordinaire james mckinnon we're going to be going through uh the best and the worst of the bands on the bill although there's not that many bad bands on the bill this year because it's 2000 trees and it's fantastic um before i bring this episode to a close i have an exclusive track premiere from you and funnily enough uh, on the episode with Ash, this track is from another Northern Irish band. They're called American Guinea Pig, and they are a four-piece uh, pop-punk slash emo band from Belfast. Uh, what I have for you from them is the title track from their forthcoming EP, uh, which is called Pink Lady, and is going to be released next week on the 29th of June. Uh, it's available to digitally pre-order now on their Bandcamp, link in the description as you'd expect. And uh, they'll also be selling physical copies of the EP at their forthcoming shows in Belfast. So if you happen to be in that part of the UK and you're listening, they're doing an EP release show at Love and Death 
on the 29th of June. Supports for that are uh, Cherim, I hope I've said that right, sorry if I haven't, uh, Search Party and the Fake Flirtations. Uh, the day after that, 29th of June, they're doing an acoustic show at the American Bar in Belfast and that's for Music at the Docks Take 2. And then on the 5th of August, uh, very pleased to announce that they're doing a charity gig for a Belfast-based mental health charity called Mindwise. And that's happening at McHugh's Basement. So make sure to pre-order your copy of American Guinea Pig's new EP. It's a real corker. And um, on top of two original tracks, it's got a really great cover of Reservoir by Pup. Well worth checking out when it's released next week. Um, that's it from me for this week. Thank you so much again for listening to what has been an incredible milestone for me and for this podcast. I've been Danny Randon. This has been Bitchin' Brew, and I'll leave you with American Guinea Pig's new song, Pink Lady. Take care and peace out. No